You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello and welcome to the Watling and Owen Show. That's what I would say if I was Matt Watling, but I'm Luke Owens. So hello and welcome everybody to the Watling and Owen Show here on a Monday, September 18th. Matt Watling, Luke Owens. You tell by my energy, Matt, it's a victory Monday for two of our three teams that we cover. So it's a very exciting day. I wouldn't know what a victory Monday is anymore. I wouldn't know. You can, you can hear the sickness in his voice, just disgusted after having to watch the New York Jets in a 425 CBS time slot with Tony Romo and Jim Nance on the call. I mean, you've really you've been through it the last couple can of days. Can we talk about how bad Tony Romo was on the game? And I, I hate complaining about like commentators, but he was he, all he talked about was the Cowboys the entire game. Like, I didn't hear a single word about the Jets. Well, to be fair. No, ev- no, no to be fair. Every single thing was about the Cowboys. And you know, the, the Jets in the first half kept it close. And look, the Jets stink. They're a bad team without Aaron Rodgers. I get it. The Cowboys are a great football team. They are America's team, whatever you want to call them. But can I please just hear a little bit about the Jets? Like, I want to know, is Zach Wilson doing anything competent? He didn't tell me anything. Nothing. I see. I think that's a very fair criticism to say. Like Tony Romo is supposed to be the guy that analyzes quarterbacks. Show me all what's going on with Zach Parsons. Wilson. Yeah, and like we all know and what Mike Parsons McCarthy. is doing. He's just better than everyone else on the field. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Is there a I, I you, you, you were pause on. like that? I thought you said, "Well, I'm on Michael Michael Parsons." Did you? I thought you were about to go off about something. I didn't hear. No, I'm trying to fig- clock out of work here, for being honest. Okay. Full disclosure. All right. I'll, let me talk then. Let me talk. Because we obviously didn't have a show uh, in between the Monday Night Football game and now, which Who's means. Whose fault was that again? It was my fault. I was out of town. Yeah, that's right. Again. So much for that podcast fine. for the picks we're supposed to do. I'm locked in now. Subtract <laughs> points from your podcast, your uh, picks. You know what? I have so many. Whatever. Whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead. Speak. A lot of things going on in life. Um, oh, like but, a trip to Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> Matt's just angry. He's not my only priority at this point in life. But we're, we're getting I've back. never been your only priority, Luke. And it's sad. Yeah, that's it's, it's sad. You've always been my number one. I'm, when we first met. Now, that's not takes, even true. Because we didn't really, No, that's not even true. No, 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 no. That's not even true. Okay, well, how's that not true? Because you met your wife way before you met me. Yeah, but like, you know, that was a new relationship. Who knows? We were a new relationship. But I dedicated my heart and soul into getting on Stuck in the Sin in our first Okay, that is true. That was my life. You really really impressed me uh, our freshman year when you made me walk away to the library. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you like to save us? Like, yeah, and then you showed me a PowerPoint, very well made. Yeah, me and and I was in. Yeah, and I was in. But getting back to the Jets, we haven't got to break down everything, so... First of all, I want you to just run through the emotions of Matt Walling on Monday Night Football last weekend. It was miserable. It was awful because it didn't feel real. You just you felt defeated is what it was, Luke. And the constant – the win was nice, but you knew this was never going to last. What we have now is the same season we have from last year. And, and that was what was disappointing the most for me is you didn't even get a chance to enjoy Aaron Rodgers. He had four plays. He was hit all of them, basically, and nothing happened. And that was what was most upsetting because all the excitement for this team is gone now. Like, there is nothing left of this team that could actually be exciting or useful. And that's what's the hardest part because, you know, you talk about the journey. You know, they probably weren't winning a championship this year, but it was going to be a journey and exciting to talk about. And now it's really just it's dead. Like, the season is dead. There's nothing going on. There's no juice. I mean, I know you're saying, like, you know, they weren't going to win a championship. I'm not saying it was a lock, but... I mean, they could have won I a mean, championship. That's what I'm saying but, when but I look at the right now. you don't even get to experience the journey and the excitement of the, the prospects of that. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because now it's like, okay, what are we just going to do this again next offseason? Like, no, I mean, Aaron Rodgers get excited. will come back. He'll come back healthy, hopefully, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, it's super strange. It's bizarre. I was... I was kind of in shock because at first I was like, oh, he, you know, he rolled his ankle. Worst case of sprain. I don't know. But I mean, for it to result in a torn Achilles out for the season after, I mean, it's like an LOL Jets thing, but like it's, it goes even beyond that. It's like, it's surreal. Like, and I'm obviously not a Jets fan. I was, you know, 
obviously rooting for the Bills to beat the Jets, but not like that. And obviously the Jets won anyways, but it was, I don't know. It's, it's terrible. It's crazy. I feel terrible for all the Jets fans, including you, just like the, the anticipation finally having a franchise quarterback for the next few years. And obviously he goes down and now it's like, well, we're kind of, like you said, kind of in the same spot as last year. Cause you saw some, it, it, I feel like it's the Zach Wilson conversation is going to be the same, but he wasn't even the major problem. I know obviously he ends up with, you know, three interceptions. He wasn't great, but I mean, the offensive line is horrible. Uh, they obviously didn't want to run the ball very much yesterday and the defense, you know, couldn't get off the field on third down, let up some big chunk plays. Obviously CD lamb had a great game. So the only way for the jets to win games this year is going to be how they did it last year, which is kind of play perfect, run the ball, control the clock, don't make mistakes and play lights out defense. And we saw against a really good Cowboys team, that game plan wasn't possible. So you're right. I mean, the ceiling for this team is trying to stay on that playoff picture graphic as the year goes on. But obviously, you know, what could have been is gone. Yeah. And, and you look at the game from yesterday and it's, it's hard to kind of talk about the game and really grasp what happened because it was close, but the offense was so bad and who leads the offense, the quarterback. And if the offense is, is bad, like the quarterback didn't bail the offense out. I guess is what happened, but also you can't put it all on, on Zach Wilson, but we've changed. We've lowered the bar so low for any Jets quarterback and specifically Zach Wilson. Now we're talking about a guy that was five of 10 in the first half as a decent performance. Like he had a 50% completion percentage. He had one nice play to, to Garrett Wilson for 68 yards in which he threw basically a slant for a touchdown and beyond that one play, which was really made by Garrett Wilson and, and Diggs missing a tackle. Zach Wilson wasn't very good. The running game was non-existent and they generated no offense. So there's a lot of talk about saying, Oh, Zach wasn't that bad. Well, when the bar is the floor and he's just barely jumping over it, I just, I can't do it anymore. Luke, like they, we're going to do another year but, of Zach Wilson having a 50% or 55% completion percentage and he, and maybe we get lucky and he throws only one interception and has a touchdown to Brees Hall or on a screen pass. And he busts it for, you know, 60 yards after catch for the touchdown. And it's like, what are we doing here, man? Like, this is what it's going to come down to. And the defense isn't that historic defense that we thought it was going to be. I mean, there was no adjustments and that's on coaching. Like Michael Carter and Brandon Eccles played way too much against CD lamb. I don't know. I, it wasn't a lot of man-to-man. It's a lot of zone. But if they're exposing your zones and the gaps in your zone, isn't there an adjustment you can make to, to figure something out? And I get it. They play a lot of zone. You know, Rob Sauce talking, we don't play man-to-man. Like, Sauce Gardner's never going to be covering just CeeDee Lamb because it changes the entire way we play defense. And I, and I understand that a little bit. But isn't there a way to just be like, hey, like, if they're exposing everything we're doing and they expose the way we play defense, isn't there something we can do to change that? and take away the only guy that was killing us. Because the running game wasn't great for the Cowboys yesterday. The long game wasn't there. Dak Prescott was efficient, but he wasn't elite. He was good. But how are we letting one guy kill you the entire game, and nothing changed? Yeah, and you mentioned that. I mean, like, Brandon Cooks was out, so CD was the only option they had, and obviously he torches them for 143. And it's like, outside of that, they didn't really get a lot, a lot of production. So... It came down to that. It obviously came down to turnovers. That Delvin Cook fumble is huge. And lack of turnovers. Like, if Sauce Gardner makes that pick, you know, maybe the game. I know a lot of people are okay, Can you explain this to me? Because people are like, if Sauce catches that, it's a house call. He yeah. fell out of bounds after, though. No, like, no, he, he didn't. He was on his way the to the ground. He was not out of bounds. He, but he was on his way to the ground. I mean, he fell because he dropped it. Like, if you watch it back, he was clearly in bounds, and he would have, if he was a competent cornerback that could actually catch a ball instead of just running next to somebody, he would have caught the ball. Oh, I like that, too. Held it in his hands, not falling like a doofus, and would have ran back to the house. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I mean, if I don't you look know. at I, I the replay, was... like, he kind of lunged and fell because he missed the ball. But if he stayed on his feet and, and, and grabbed, like, he was a couple yards, you know, in bounds, I, I think he would have ran it back. And if not, like, I don't know, man. Like the, it was a constant dink and dunk against the defense. I don't think if he runs it back for a touchdown, they're still losing that game. Is it strange to you that the Jets gave up on the run so fast? I mean, I know they end up losing by twenty, but they were kind of in it. I just half. don't understand why they gave up on it. Well, did you see the numbers about running to the right? No. 
They had two carries for 12 yards when they went behind Vera Tucker and Becton. And those were the only rushes they ran to the to that side. They ran to the left every other time. And that was when, you know, Delvin Cook fumbled, you know, Brees Hall had four carries for nine yards. I mean, your leading carrier was Zach Wilson, five carries for 36. He has, he had that one long run, but I, I didn't really understand that because that's your bread and butter. And you look at this offense, they don't trust Zach Wilson. So if you don't trust Zach Wilson, why are you not running the ball more? I, I just don't. I feel like there's got to be some better thinking in that regard. Yeah, I mean, and, and also you look at it from a uh, an offensive line standpoint. Like, the way that an offensive line takes some wear and some chunk on the defensive line and actually establishes themselves and gains some confidence is through the running game. Because all you got to do is, is push down and, and, and use some force. And it's it's easier to do that in a sense than it is to kind of sit back and, and take the pressure, to go out and kind of be on the on the toes and attacking. And that's what I think was most disappointing is like the run game is your thing. It wasn't an insurmountable deficit. And it's not like you're a running team because your quarterback stinks. You're a running team because your running game is, is so dynamic and so talented. So to not have the ball the ball in Brees' hands more, and yeah, he dropped a couple screen passes, but I don't care. Like let him get the ball to him anyway. And and same thing with Garrett Wilson, like get the ball to Garrett Wilson. He's he's your stud, he's your guy. And for him to only have two catches last game was was inexcusable. Whether it's a bubble screen, whether it's him in the slot, whether it's a it's a slant, like get him the football and watch him make things happen. He's he does it time and time again. Yeah, and I mean he had eight targets, which kind of shows you like, man, if you're only hitting him two out of those eight targets, that's that's tough. But you obviously want those numbers to be double digits because he is he's that special. I mean, I was literally thinking about this today. I was like, if he had even a Kirk Cousins level quarterback, he'd be putting up you know, Justin Jefferson type numbers, you know, in that same category, because you can see when he catches that slam, I mean, you could see the talent there. Obviously, the catch he made against the Bills, incredible. Like, I don't know. I just there's got to be a way, like you said, get the ball into his hands, let him make a play. And obviously, it's tough because now without Aaron Rodgers, you're circling Garrett Wilson twice on the on the on the defensive card with saying, OK, we got to stop Garrett Wilson, because if we can slow him down, there's really not going to be a lot of options. So um, obviously, after the game. Got a little interesting. Sauce Gardner deleted Twitter. I think Sauce just got to, he just needs to, I I think this is a good, just stay off social media, man. Like if you're going opening Twitter after a game and just reading people saying you're getting torched, it's just, it's just not good. Like you don't need that. Like if you think, if you know, you played a good game, if your coaches know you played a good game, it's just, it's not all that necessary. So for him to be like, watch, you know, watch what happens next, blah, blah, blah. Just stay off social media if that's going to be, you know, your I mean, thing. Like, if you're going to constantly be reading your name on Twitter, it's it's not going to be a good thing. How much is this just a generational thing? Because, like, I know for a fact you go on Twitter and, and you and you talk, you know, you throw shade and you you get into the weeds all the time. So, like, how much is it just Sauce enjoys that? And, and should he be better and not well, do it? enjoy it, famous, then short, stay in. But, like, I guess, yeah, I guess the idea is him deleting it shows he's not ready for it um, or whatever. I don't know, man. Like. It, it's scary. Like, this is a big pivot point in the season for the Jets because Brees Hall is disappointed. And Sauce Gardner is disappointed. And if they can't come back and they lose to the Patriots next week, does this spiral out of control? And I texted you last night, Luke. I think the Jets could fire Rob Sala at the end. And I love Sala. I think he's a great coach. I really like what he's done. But if this team falls apart and goes... Oh, and four, or what would it be in the next four games, he loses the locker room, right? Like, Sauce can't go through another year like this. Brees Hall is not going through another year like this. Garrett Wilson, as good of a head of, on his shoulders as he has, like, yeah. are they going to be able to go through another year of, of Zach Wilson just struggling? I, I don't know, no, man. I, I, I don't know how they do it. I, I, I think that's a great point, and I think last year we saw it with the Mike White stuff, right? The, the locker room was kind of lost. This, it's got to be frustrating if you're Sauce and Brees and Garrett Wilson, knowing what could have been, and you know if Rogers plays and all that. So, no, I, I think Solid C is definitely warming. Obviously, the big question is, was he how big of a part was he in bringing Rogers here? But it seems like Rogers is going to come back regardless. Like. At this point, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it was just it's just Robert Sala that's going mean, to keep Rodgers wanting to come back next year. I don't think right. Rodgers wants anyone fired. Like I think he's going to want to run it back with everybody. So, but it's just a matter of can can that hope contain a team that's a, a powder keg really with all the expectation they've had this year. There's yeah. clearly talent there. 
Like, they have a lot. The offensive line is suspect. But beyond that, an average quarterback, you're maybe not winning that game, but Dallas is a really good team. So it comes down to – so that's the the, the pivot. The, the the positive side for Jets fans, if you want to put a spin on it, is few teams are beating the Dallas Cowboys this year. That's a really good team, and you've got a really bad offensive line that needs some work throughout the season. So does it matter that you lost this game when you kind of want it to go 3-3, three and 4-2 three, and two through the first six games? And, and you can get to that point. I think the worry for me now is that this week becomes kind of a must-win for the Jets, and it's against the Patriots, which is – that's the worry, right, is that – Belichick has owned the Jets recently. I mean, I guess historically forever. Zach Wilson going up against Bill Belichick seems like a big mismatch. And you look at these games, I mean, New England's the most, I mean, Denver as well, but that's a road game. But, you know, New England's the most winnable coming up here. So it kind of becomes a quasi must win because if you drop to the Patriots, you're one and two, then you've got the Chiefs, you got to go at Denver, then you've got the Eagles. Like, obviously it eases up as you go on. But like you said, if, if they lose four in a row, the locker room is probably gone. The defense is like, man, do we have to keep putting in, you know, Herculean efforts to try to win games every week? They're going to get tired. Like it kind of all folds into it so that even if there are winnable games on the stretch, it won't matter at that. How point. much do you blame Zach Wilson for this game? And, and how much do you blame the defense? Like, I think a lot of it kind of falls on coaching because that defense was just shredded and, and you held tall for some field goals, but like, you got to force some turnovers. Elite teams force turnovers, and they couldn't do it last week. I almost can't blame Zach Wilson as much as, you know, maybe you would the average quarterback just because, like, I I know what he is. Like, I'm not expecting him anymore to be a good quarterback. Like, that's really what it comes down to for me. It's like, if this was, you know, I, I already used him as an example. But if this was like a Kirk Cousins game, I'd be like, yeah, Kirk Cousins has to be better because we know it can be better. I'm like, Wilson should be able to be better than, than that. But like at the end of the day, I, I don't see him, you know, going for 300 yards and four touchdowns anytime soon. Yeah. Which is disappointing because, which is like, I guess it falls on the coaching. Cause it's like, okay, you have to, you have to scheme around that, but it's how do you scheme around having a quarterback? You don't trust to throw the ball more than five. I mean, yards. he ran the ball. It's nicely. Impossible. Can you get him into bootleg and play action situations? You know, some of the interceptions were kind of when you were, you know, whipping the ball down the field. Uh, there was one that was really ugly that he threw right to, a cowboy um, that I can remember off the top of my head. Can you run the ball with, you know, persistence? And, and I mean, look, like they, the Atlanta Falcons just won a game with Desmond Ritter as their quarterback. You can't tell me that know. Desmond Ritter is better than Zach Wilson. Can they be the same? Sure, but he can't be better. Uh, so what can you, can you be the Falcons? Now look, the Falcons didn't play the Dallas Cowboys. So maybe that's part of it. And maybe you kind of saw, the Jets play their version of the Atlanta Falcons offense against the Bills when they ran the ball down their throats and and Zach did enough. So so there's there's a recipe for success. There is, but, yeah. You could win ugly games. You can. It's just when the defense isn't lights out, that's when the concerns are gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna say this quickly before we move to the Giants. You texted me, I believe it was Tuesday after the Rodgers news, and you said the Jets are making the playoffs. Have you have you wavered on that, or was that a uh, kind of a, a coping mechanism in the moment? A lot of copium, a lot of copium there. Um, look, we'll see. It, it comes down to, to week three. Can I can I say this, Luke? If the Jets beat the Patriots at home, which they should, they'll make the playoffs. I think they can do enough. Wow. Well, let's look, let's look at the okay. AFC, and, and we'll talk about it more during uh, Odd Man Rush. The Bengals, not who we thought they were. The Ravens are nice. The Chargers, not who we thought they were. The Broncos, not very good. Like, there's not a lot of good teams right now in the in the AFC. It's still a much better division or conference than the NFC. But is there an avenue for the Jets to make playoffs at 10-7? and 7? I could see it. Can they get to 10-7? and 7? Yeah. You've got a really weak middle portion of the schedule. If you can run the table there, if Zach Wilson after the bye can be average, can he improve over the course of this season? Then maybe something happens, but you've got to beat the Patriots. You you can't afford to well, if you lose the Patriots, you're going to go one and five in divisional play. That's what's going to happen, and you can't afford to do that. You've got to go up, and this is a tough week to beat the Patriots because they're zero and two. But you got to sack up and beat them. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, on what you on they need to beat the Patriots. I don't agree they're going to be a playoff team, but I mean, I think they're going to be on the graphic. I think they'll be on the graphic till you know. What's the worst part? Hopefully, about December. Being a Jets fan. 
because they were seven and four, you know, after November 27th. Yeah. You know what's the worst part about being, and then we can get on to the apart. Giants afterwards, is even when they're bad, they're not fun. Even when they're semi decent, they're not fun. They're never a fun football team. It's always defense, it's always slog fest, it's always run the ball, hard nosed football. Like, why can't we have, why can't they have Josh, uh, Josh Herbert? What's his name? Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. At least I got a J. Why can't we just sling the ball 40 times around the yard, put up 40 points, and still lose? It's got to be slog fest. It's got to be 30-10. It's got to be 27-17, 21-12. Like, awful scores, repugnant scores in Jets games. Sad. It really is to see a man this down bad. And we've had another 15 weeks of it, too. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's move on to the Giants. Uh, a little bit of breaking news. The uh, Ian Rapport tweeted out, Giants running back Saquon Barkley has a sprained ankle. He'll be out Thursday and is considered week to week. So obviously a big loss for the Giants. Kind of one of those, you know, they come back, they win the game, but at what cost? Because they've got a Thursday night game against San Francisco. They're going to be without Barkley for a few weeks. Um, but they had to win that Cardinals game. They found a way. It obviously wasn't pretty. Huge comeback. Daniel Jones, second half, incredible Sounds like Brian Dable might have taken over play calling duties for that second half as well, which was obviously huge. But again, like at what cost? If you lose Saquon Barkley for these next few games, it, it might be a little bit of uh back to the uh, the negatives for yeah, the Giants. But I mean, you expect to lose Thursday night against the the Rams or the Niners, excuse me, uh, as I pull up the rest of their schedule here. Can you beat the Seahawks without him? I think you should be able to. That's going to be a huge circle. Kind of have to win that type of game, like home game, Monday Night Football. Then you've got two tough road games with Miami and Buffalo. Like that's that's going to end up being a pretty big yeah. game. And for then you. it's Commanders after that. So if you can go two and two or two and three in your next couple games, like you're going to have to take it because the Niners are really good, the Dolphins and Bills are are really good teams, and the Commanders they put up some offense, they put up some numbers. I think you can beat them, but. Again, like it, it's tough to see them lose Barkley. He's really the, the biggest, brightest part of their offense. But now it's about Daniel Jones stepping up and being the $40 million quarterback that he was signed to be. Yeah, and I, obviously I know they didn't have Andrew Thomas, which was huge. But even without him, and I know the difference between the Cowboys and the Cardinals is astronomical, but their offensive line was really good yesterday. I think that's a good sign because you're not going to be facing the Dallas Cowboys D-line every single week. Obviously, there are some very talented D-lines you're going to face. Philly, Washington, even Buffalo coming up, the Jets. But, you know, I like how they played yesterday. Um, it's like, why can't Daniel Jones just do that all game, right? Like, that's like, you could see he was desperate. You could see he was using his legs. He was pushing the ball down the field. It's like, hopefully that unlocks something for the Giants, where they say we don't need to be, especially without Barkley, we don't need to be a team that runs the ball two times and then is in third and long. We can utilize our quarterback's legs. We can throw the ball downfield. Like that was the most impressive part was just the desperation they played with on defense too. Their defense got shredded in the first half and they really played off the energy of the offense in the second half. So I think that's really big for the Giants is, you know, maybe this shows that they can win games in a pretty way. They don't have to win ugly like they did all of last year. I mean, this was a really ugly win. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying the offense was good. Yeah, yeah. In the second I mean, half. Like, why can't they just do that all the time? Because they're not a very good football team. I mean, they, I mean, they let Josh Dobbs throw for, what was it, 300 yards? I just had it on my phone here. For 228 yards, like... Yeah, three, uh, 228. He, he shredded yeah. them. So, I don't know. Like, to me, a win's a win here, but I'm not taking anything out of this game. Just kind of like last week, I'm not taking much. They got killed last week. They got lucky this week to come back, you know, so when do you judge this team? Is it the Seahawks game? Because they're going to lose tonight. I guess it is, right? Like, do we just, do we just throw is. away every game and just now talk about it? Is no, that what we're we do? can talk about it. It's, it's, it's a miraculous comeback, but it's it's scary. I mean, they started the season down 60 nothing. They give the first 60 points in their first game in two quarters. Like, that's a big red flag. So how much does winning a game against a really bad team that's trying to tank counteract what you did in the second half or the first half. And I, their defense is going to be a big problem. And, you know, the Cardinals obviously aren't – everyone's saying they're not even trying to win games, which, like, true, but also, you know, the, the guys on the field are trying to win games. But you look at their defense, Thibodeau has been non-existent, obviously. You know, no tackles, one QB hit or pressure, no sacks this season. He's 81st out of 102 edge rushers this year. 
on Pro Football Focus. Look at their corners. Jackson's been bad. Banks has been bad. Actually, Hawkins has been their best-rated corner, and he was the sixth-round pick out of Old Dominion, which is kind of crazy to me. But this just this defense isn't great. It, it kind of comes down to scheme, uh, trying to just bend but don't break like they did last year, and the ball's not going to bounce their way every time like it did last year. So I'm I'm pretty worried about this team right now. I know it's a comeback win. I know it's a good win, but I'm again I'm kind of in the same boat where I was last week where I maybe hopefully that unlocks something maybe Dable's going to call the plays maybe they'll be more aggressive early on but I'm pretty concerned about this next stretch of games for them based on what I saw yesterday right and and it's a lot because it's so easy to overreact to one game and I think that's what kind of happened with the Dallas Cowboys game that's a really good football team and you got killed but that's a really good team and to play against that defensive line your first week is it's it's hard to really do much when the offensive line didn't play a whole lot during preseason. They didn't play a whole. They didn't play a lot together. The chemistry's not all there yet. Like the next game they play against the Cowboys, this line should be a lot better than it was in Week One. So when that's not working and then everything falls apart, is it all doom and gloom right away, or can this team get better? And I think they can because you look at the coaching staff. You expect them to continue to help improve this team and make them better week in week out, but. Looking at it from a fan-type perspective, it's hard to feel confident in this team when you consider, well, now we have to go up against the Niners we're expecting to lose. Then it's Seattle, and that's a toss-up game. And there's other two games where you're expecting to lose. It's hard to feel confident in this team when you're playing some really good teams off off rep to start the season. And not to mention, they look like the fourth-best team in the division. Like They look like the worst team in the division right now. And I know it's a good division, but... Obviously, Dallas and Philly have impressed, and Washington looks like they're going to be a tough out for them, too. So there's no easy wins in this division. You're going to have to try to steal wins, and the Giants haven't stolen wins in the NFC East recently. So it's, again, I don't want to knock the comeback because it was awesome. It was a really fun game. I loved the way they played in the second half. The energy levels were crazy high. Um, Saquon's injury could have been worse, but... You know, that's going to be that's going to be the rub all year with this team is, you know, can they put together a complete game against a good team? And we haven't seen that yet. Right. And, and this is kind of why they don't give Barkley the, the contract this offseason, because you're expecting running backs to get injured, especially one that plays as much as he does. And, yeah. you know, I didn't get to see the, the big play, Luke. I was at my parents' house this weekend and slight gripe, only one TV. I didn't have the, the second monitor. I didn't they don't have YouTube TV there, so I couldn't get both games at once. Uh, you know, when the Jets are down 20 points in the fourth quarter, my brother's not letting me turn on the Giants, the Giants game. So I didn't get to see too much, but I read wow. up on quite a bit of it. But look, it's a good comeback win to, to get one on the board. They all count the same. But it's it, it's got to be hard to be a Giants fan now. You know, the Jets fan, worse. But when you look at it for a Giants fan, there's just so much unknown that it's just such a strange dynamic. You mentioned your brother, Matt. I want to pivot to the Bills here because I want to tee you up for this one. My brother, um, a big Bills fan, noted. No, but how your brother wouldn't let you change the channel. Uh, obviously, I was rocking the two TVs. Um, Bills went 38 to 10. Was never really in doubt after the f- Still second. Still don't know quarter, how to text my brother, but okay. Well, so we've got company over, two TVs, Bills on one TV. And simultaneously, you have the Bengals trying to come back, the Seahawks, Lions go to overtime, Chargers, Titans go to overtime chiefs jaguars kind of coming down to the wire and bill's raiders was on until the very end like am i a bad guy no it's like, your I, house you I had to see the final had to see the final no, whistle. You, you have to see the final whistle i am sure your company didn't wasn't clamoring to get the bills off the screen almost positive in that. okay yeah I, I after the bills game ended obviously we got you know both the overtime games up we were able to catch the end of all the games but uh it was it was a dominant performance from the bills and one that i I don't know. I don't want to say it expected it because obviously I took the Raiders in our picks. That was you were trying just, to mush the Raiders there, weren't you? Oh, it was genius. It was genius by me because I was like, look, I want the Bills to win this game by 30, but if the Raiders keep it close, then I get the point. Bad guy. And you um, lost, but surely so. Here here's my question with the Bills. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Are they just unable to do anything against the Jets? Like, is that just what it is? I think or is that actually concerning what happened? In week I think one? the thing with the Jets is, and you kind of saw it against Dallas and, and how Mike McCarthy game plan against the Jets. The Jets are really good at covering the deep ball, right? You look at how Sauce and 
and and Reedy can get you know kind of coverage in space. And when they're in a foot race, they can re- recover really well. They're really good at stopping the run with that front line, but they can't stop the intermediate passes and those little dink and dunks. And the Bills, for whatever reason, it feels like mostly Josh Allen doesn't have the patience to dink and dunk his way down the down the field. And when James Cook couldn't quite carry it like he did against the Raiders, against the Jets, and that underneath short stuff, Josh Allen's not dedicated to, to doing, and he goes to take a deep ball chance, he's going to make mistakes. I don't say this often, but I think you're brilliant. I really do. I think you're brilliant. Wow. Um, exactly what was in my mind was, I think Josh Allen last week got bored. And obviously that can't happen. But like they're running this like short pass screens, run the ball. It was a weird offense for to see the Bills run. But I preferred it to throw the ball deep every single play. But it felt like Josh Allen got antsy. He wanted to force the ball downfield. He wanted to make big plays. Because I think the first half he was like, what, like 13 of 14, but for only like 100, you know, 20 yards. Like it wasn't like a huge stat line. Um, but against the Raiders, they did a similar offense, but they ran the ball better and they took a few more shots because you don't have, you know, the sauce gardeners and the reeds and the, the whiteheads, obviously. Um, and the Raiders didn't get a lot of pressure on them. So I, I do think it was just like, he got bored, he got frustrated and the, the turnovers came because they weren't, it was just, I don't know. Last week was just so bizarre to me. Yeah. And when I look at the, the Bills now, the biggest thing they have lacked was the running game. And I thought James Cook did a really good job running the ball, and they did a really good job sticking to it. Like, they ran the ball 30 times between their three running backs. Like, that's a good number for this team. And, and yeah, Josh threw it a lot, 37 times. But they were high complete, you know, they were high probability completions, 31 to 37, no interceptions. Like, that's how you want to draw it up if you're the Bills, is you run the ball when, when you're able to to kind of say, hey, look, we can do this. We can run the ball when it matters most. And we can get first downs and shoot clock with our running backs. And if they can have this style of running the entire season, it makes them a much better team because Josh can still do the flashy things and the dynamic plays. But if you can kind of set the tone and say, look, our offense is going to control the ball instead of be uncontrollable and and throw deep shots and score a bunch of points quickly, sometimes that's more important is to hold the ball for five, six minutes than to just – have a quick strike offense. Yeah, I think then, I mean, another big number is Josh Allen only ran the ball three times. Like, limit the hits, let your running backs do the running, which all three of them did. Latavius Murray had a touchdown. Damian Harris had a touchdown. James Cook looked really good. If they can actually have a run game, I think this is a very different team. And I also think, quick shout out to both lines in this game, because the offensive line, between Spencer Brown and rookie Osiris Torrance, who has been a godsend at right guard, Max Crosby's name was barely said on the broadcast. I mean, they shut him down. They didn't let him get to Josh Allen. They obviously pushed him forward, ran the ball well. And then on the defensive line as well, they got good pressure on Jimmy G. They forced interceptions. Like It was just a really good all-around game that kind of reminds you of what this team can be when they're humming. Um, and obviously, they just they need to keep humming. How much do you... Where do you go from here as a Bills fan, though, Luke? Because you you got the win, you looked good. The, the Jets game, it, it's kind of like the Jets just have the Bills number to some extent, and you can overcome that. You know, the, the Bengals haven't looked very good. The Chiefs haven't looked very good. Those are really the two biggest competitors you have if you're the Bills. Where do you sit in terms of, hey, like, we're good, we're bad, you know, we need to dominate the Commanders next week. We need to do X, Y, Z. Where do you sit as a Bills fan? I think this team needs to almost reclaim their, you know, position as a top two AFC team. I think that's where I'm at with this team, where that would be, you know, a convincing win at the commanders. But more importantly, you've got the Dolphins at home the next week, and then you've got a game in London against the Jaguars. Like two teams that, you know, obviously the Jags didn't look great last week, but the Dolphins look really good. The Jaguars look like they could be in the mix as well. Um, and then later in the year, you've obviously got games with the Bengals, the Chiefs, like it's kind of reminding people what this team can be, because going into the year, it felt like people were really low on them after that playoff game. This is a team that only lost three times last year by like three points every time the Jets got them once, almost got them twice. So I still think this is a really good team. But, you know, Stephen A was saying it earlier today, like the championship window is not wide, wide open. You know, it's always a sliver open with Josh Allen. but 
ask the Cincinnati Bengals today if they wish they had just won that Super Bowl, got it out of the way. Like, this feels like the year where if they don't win the Super Bowl, we could see some really massive overhaul. So I think it's just about reclaiming that spot and, the, you know, the top one, top two in the air. And how much overreaction was there with Josh Allen after last week? Like, everyone's talking, oh, like, he he's not who he once was, X, Y, Z. And I think there's some kind of truth to it. But also, you look at what the Jets do, and, like, Josh Allen hasn't been really bullied by any defense except the Jets. For his, you know, And I guess the Bengals in that playoff game, but that's, you know, that is what it is in a sense. Like, you, you chalk up to a bad loss. But beyond that, like, has there been a team that's really had his number? Has he looked really, really bad in, in more games than just a handful? No, I, I honestly think that was the Jets' scheme, their defense. And I also think there's always going to be a little bit of that gunslinger, Brett Favre, dumb plays in Josh Allen. It's sometimes you love it, sometimes it bites you in the ass. And obviously it bit him a few times last week, but this week he was very in control. He was throwing the ball away, you know, didn't even sniff an interception last week. Like that controlled version of Josh is great, but what gets worrisome is when there's adversity, when they're, you know, not even when they're down, because that drive he led at the end of the Jets game I thought was really impressive, where it was like, okay, is he going to throw another pick? Is he going to force something? No, it was like, it's just when he gets, when there's adversity, when he's not pushing the ball downfield, when they're going three and out, that's when the kind of bad Josh shows up. Like it's easy to win a game 38 to 10, but can you win a game 17, 14? And that's kind of where the bills have gotten into trouble. So I'd like to see them win a close game at some point. You know, the dolphins game, I definitely have circled as one of those opportunities where they're going to score, but the bills have to imagine they're going to score as well. Overall, I'm really not that concerned though. I mean, Look around the AFC. Like, Trevor Lawrence was terrible yesterday. Joe Burrow's been bad the first two weeks. Like, quarterbacks have bad games. So, it's, you know, maybe maybe that's biased. But I just feel like there's a lot of quarterbacks that have struggled. No, I don't disagree. And even Mahomes looked human the last couple of weeks. I mean, what, they yeah. put up 17 <laughs> points against the Jaguars? And that's not an elite defense. That was just a sloppy game from both sides. So, it's it's almost like the AFC now you expect the top teams to be so good, but there's so many good teams that they all look kind of bad. Yeah, no, it's really fascinating. It's going to be a dogfight all year. But, I'm glad uh, the Jets are out. That's all it. I got. I can tell you that much. That's all I got for Bills, Matt. So I'll give it to you for odd man. We can uh, discuss some of those. Let's do it. I, and we'll do this one a little hmm. differently because there's a lot of storylines coming out of the NFL, but we, you know, we didn't have much of an odd man last week. We really focused on, on Jets, Bills and, and what Aaron Rodgers could look like as a Jet. Not, not too great, apparently. Um, <laughs> So I figured we can kind of start with... Crazy, man. Go ahead. It's got to be sickening, too, to see, like, how the Bengals are playing the Chargers. Like, it's like... It was was dope. Yeah, it is. But then the Jets' offensive line turns into a a turnstile against the Cowboys, and their defense is shouldn't have run the cup blocks. Why they run the cup blocks? He hates the cup blocks. Uh, Get the ball out, Rodgers. Get the ball out quick. Next year, I'm going to... I'd open on the slam. Get the ball out. Is there a bet bigger than game of the year? Game of the Millennium. Is, is it like, is it like a mammoth play? What Blue Whale? Of the what do they call it? What's like the biggest thing you can play? Blue Whale Missile Lock play? Blue Whale Missile Lock. Aaron Rodgers comeback play of the year next year. Ooh. The Jets are going to be the first team in NFL history to have back-to-back quarterbacks win comeback player of the year. I am sad for you, though, like, and you were texting me last night that, like, all hope of a season is already over, you know? And it's not even like, cause if you went in with like expectations with Zach Wilson, it's like, Oh, maybe we can make the wild card. But like, yeah, that's, that's I tough. mean, they could potentially make a playoff spot, but, but you know how the season ends. It's going to be miserable. Right. Like it's going to be a terrible, yeah. even if he, even if they win a bunch of games, they win 10 games, 11 games, which in some miraculous way, I guess they could theoretically, if things break their way, it's yeah, not going to be like fun to watch. to 10 every week. It's not going to be enjoyable. Yeah, you're going to want to, and that's the no, most disappointing disgusting. thing. I just hope they dominate the Broncos in a couple weeks. That's all I need. That'll be my Super uh, Bowl. Yeah. That'll be my Super Bowl. If they can do I, like I like uh, it. Let's start with a, a couple teams that started 0-2, Luke, to start the season. There's four of them that I've highlighted uh, after last week. The Bengals fall to the Ravens in a close game. The Chargers fall to the Titans in overtime. The Broncos lose to the Commanders uh, 35-33 after a near-miraculous comeback. And then the Patriots fall to the Dolphins 24-17. Who are you most worried about? And is it kind of the, you know, you look at the four of them and the expectations they have. It's kind of like the Bengals and Chargers both have Super Bowl aspirations. The other two are, hey, maybe we can compete and and sneak into the playoffs and and maybe do something there. Is there one team that you're really worried about out of the four? I think it's got to be the Bengals. I mean, 
obviously Burrow's banged up. His status is already up in the air for Monday. That's a huge part of it. But besides that, I mean, their defense hasn't been good. Jamar Chase, they can't scheme him open for whatever reason. I don't know what's going on there. T. Higgins had a nice bounce back. But this division, like the Ravens have, when they're healthy, they have beaten the Bengals, Lamar Jackson especially. And this Ravens team, I picked them to win division preseason. They look really good. The Browns, who knows? If the Browns can go into Pittsburgh today and win, then I'm like, okay, like maybe they got something cooking here. Um, obviously, the Steelers are never an easy out. So I'm, I think I'm most worried about the Bengals right now. Yeah, and, and I look at the Chargers only because we've seen this before. Like, this is a, supposed to be a very good offense, and they didn't have Eckler in that game, un, unknown to me, when we made our picks yeah. last week. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's a team. But they're the Chargers, yeah. The, and, and there's there's got to be a way to fix this, right? Like, there's got – it's the fact that they didn't hire Sean Payton boggles my mind. I don't care if he asked for a partial stake in ownership. Like, that wins you a Super Bowl if you have Sean Payton really? as your head coach. In the next five years with Sean Payton as head coach, I think this team at least makes a run to the AFC Championship game. Mm. You don't think they can make the have AFC see, Championship game? Have you see what Sean Payton's doing in Denver? Like, eh, not really that impressed. All right, sure. And that's a great defense. All right. Is it really a great Most defense? overrated when you put head up, coach. When you go 35 points to the Commanders and Sam Howell. Sean Payton, a.k.a. Mike McCarthy. Who, by the way, actually might be a good coach. Who? Start that dialogue. Mike McCarthy. He, he might be an okay we coach. We weren't talking about the, the, the Cowboys. I said Sean Payton, a.k.a. Mike oh, McCarthy. Oh, okay. Sorry. They are the same coach, but no one. For some reason, Sean Payton's on a pedestal, and Mike McCarthy is stomped on by everyone. I don't, I don't really understand. They're the same coach. Yeah, but did Mike McCarthy have Kevin James play him in a, in a, in a docu-film? <laughs> No, but his Kevin James weight might be a little bit yeah. closer to Mike McCarthy's yeah. than Sean Payton. It's it's all time disrespectful to to Sean Payton that he had Kevin James <laughs> play him in a film. Like that I would terrible. be so offended if I'm Sean Payton. I'm like, you think I look like him? You think yeah, I look no, like Doug Heffernan in the King of Queens? Come on, man, <laughs> disrespectful. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The Chargers are the Chargers, so it's like. They shouldn't be this bad, but like, it ends up I'm not that surprised bad. that they are, yeah. you know? Uh, the Ravens offense, you touched on it before, Luke, uh, in here. They look pretty good. They look pretty good. I mean, Zay Flowers, you, you give Lamar Jackson some weapons, he shows up. He had 10 targets last week. He looks pretty good. Odell Hurt I, I, for some, some banged up injury. I don't quite know what it was. Um, but still, he's got a, a handful of really nice weapons, kind of like the Giants in a way, but you've got a quarterback that's better than Daniel Jones. And you got a defense that's better than the Giants' defense. Am I so? We talked about this. Am I allowed to take uh, an early line for next Absolutely. week? Absolutely. What do you got? Is this cheating? What taking it early? I, I want to take the Rams plus two against the Bengals. Take it. Lock it like, in. I'm banking on Joe Burrow not playing. Is this a, le- a, a legal I'm move? I'm allowed to do it. If you want to take the Rams plus two, yeah. All right. Lock me in normal play, not a lock. Just a normal play. I'm going to take the Rams plus two next Monday night against I'm going to need you to tweet it out, though, uh, from the show account. That's okay, how I'll make I it official. Okay. There you have it. I'll tweet it right after Perfect. we're done. Um, Sorry. I just want – I was looking because I, I remember we talked about it, so I was looking at the board. I want to lock that in. And, and maybe if Joe Burrow plays, I'll be an idiot. Yeah. But I just – But you I locked it feeling. in, and I like the way we're doing this. Um, I'm telling people right now, go to your sports book. And bet there on the Rams. Lock it in. Take it bet now. MGM. That's right. I love bet MGM. Uh, Might get hacked, so maybe. No, 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 no. no. I, I actually, I'm <laughs> gonna get me in trouble here, Luke. You're gonna get me in trouble. Uh, two sorry. no teams in the NFL. Falcons. Tw- they win against the Packers, 25-24. The Ravens. We talked about them. The Bucks. Wow. Oh, them two and zero. That's nice. That's it. fun. I'm, I'm happy. I'm so happy for Baker. Uh, the Niners. They're obviously two and zero after beating the Rams. Hack job by Sean McVay. Uh, to cover that game, Cowboys beat the Jets. They're two and zero. Commanders and Dolphins. Who are you most impressed with out of those teams? Uh obviously Dallas has been really impressive, but I'm. I think the Dolphins right now have emerged as possibly the team to beat in the AFC East, wow. and, and maybe beyond the AFC East. To be completely honest, I mean their offense, the skills they have there, their defense looks really good as well. I'm really impressed with Miami, and I think that right now, I think I think they're the team to beat in the AFC East. I just McDaniel's a great coach. Tua, man, I mean, he's odds-on favor for MVP right now. Like, that's how good he's been. So, to go in Foxborough and win that game, it was a short line. I was like, oh, the Patriots 
Vegas knows the Patriots are winning this game at home, but no, for them to, to gut that one out, I'm I'm very impressed by them. Right. Uh, let's get to our, our picks real quickly from last week. Both of us two and four, but credit to us, Luke. We said we didn't like the board. So two and four when you don't like the board is, is actually yeah, pretty terrible. good. I hate it. It's actually pretty good. Two and four when you think about it. Um I'm still one game up on you. Are you worried yet? Are you starting the PowerPoint? Um, I'm not worried. I, last week was tough, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. I was just looking though, Matt. Patriots are minus three at the Jets. Yeah, I guess right so. Know. You said they're gonna win that game. So. I, I hope they. Do. I, look, I'm, del, I'm delusional, Luke. What, what are the kids saying? What are the kids saying on TikTok now? Delulu. That's what I am. I've never heard that. You've never seen I'll that. Go with it. I guess no. we're on vastly different sides of TikTok. I guess so, yeah. Uh, back to college football, um, child Two college football, I should say, Luke. Alabama names Jalen Milrow. They're starting. Milrow, is that right? Yeah, you okay, got I it. I thought I wrote that wrong. That doesn't look right. No. Nah. Uh, named their starting quarterback ahead of the SEC opener against Ole Miss. Didn't look great against USF. Did Alabama, but Milrow didn't play. Uh, they only won that one 17-3. And, and there's not a lot of wiggle room for, the, for Alabama. They've already lost the game. And now it's kind of about, hey, you got to run the table to hopefully get a chance to sneak into the college football playoff. Is this the right move? Yeah, I think it is. I thought he wasn't great against Texas, but he made a couple of big time throws and he's a threat with his legs, which they really need right now. I just it's crazy to think that this Alabama team just might not be all that great. We'll see this weekend. Ole Miss is playing really well right now. If Ole Miss beats them, you know, that's that's it for the playoff. They could still win the SEC, but I mean, it's. It's kind of crazy that Alabama might be kind of on its last leg. Already in only week four, is it? Or week three? I know. Whatever it is. It's crazy. I mean, I had, you know, I do a college football podcast when my co host had them at eight and four, and I thought that was crazy. Saturday now I'm like, for the, oh, is it Saturday yet? Yeah. <laughs> not Saturday, is it for the boys? Um, like, subscribe. Yeah. Follow. I mean, they've got SECs, no cakewalk. Yeah. Um, Colorado barely beats Colorado State. 43. Can't believe they stormed the cold. Did I, I wrote field. that wrong? 4335, yeah. not 3325, as yeah. I wrote. I'm having a rough day, Luke. You... That'd be an impressive overtime. <laughs> it really would. Is this, can I count this as a loss for Colorado? 23 point favorite, um, having no. force overtime? No. Why not? I think it's a win. Because I think this was their biggest trap game. Like the rocks on campus. The rivalry the game is a game. trap game? Well, Rivalry, rivalry adjacent. They they're like thirty five and thirteen against them all time. But I just think with all the talking and everything going on, and Travis Hunter gets hurt, if they lost this game, it's a huge, huge loss. But I mean, to get away with a win there, I'm not too mad if I'm Colorado. But I think this kind of opens their eyes. Like, hey, we can't. We sometimes we got to focus on football. We can't just be a sideshow. Yeah. Uh, Pete Thamel reporting um, just a few moments ago, Luke, that. Um, Henry back Blackburn, the player that uh, laid a hit on Travis Hunter that injured him, has received death threats. The local yeah. university police is looking into threats uh, against him. So not great. Let's not do that. Um, no, it's never that serious. But Travis Hunter will be out for several weeks uh, due to injury. Yeah, I mean, it was a dirty hit. Obviously, Colorado State playing a little dirty. I'll say that. But Is it chippy or is it dirty? Know, I think that hit was a little dirty. All right. I don't know. I didn't see it. So you didn't see the play or you didn't think it was dirty? I didn't see the play. Okay. I don't even know what side of Twitter you're on and then. <laughs> Maybe I want to be on your side of What do you mean? Media. I don't like it's it's everywhere. I don't know how you haven't seen it. Maybe, no, I I saw it on like on Sports Center, but was I really paying attention? No. Well, actually, let me ask you this, Matt. Do you care about Colorado? Because I feel like you're a good like limits type. I mean, like the thing is, is that the internet ruins everything. We didn't stay everything. up to 10.30 to watch. Though. The internet ruins everything. And the internet has ruined Colorado for, for me. Like, the hype is, is too big. It's too much. You know? So I really don't care. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's blown up too much to the point where, like, I can't enjoy it. So I just move on. Yeah, I kind of hate what it's become. Because I think they're a really fun story. I like Dion. I like Shador. I like... Uh, Shiloh, who had the pick six, which is awesome. Obviously, Travis Hunter, the most exciting player in college football, you could argue. But it's like people are clamoring for them to lose, and they're going to lose. They're going to get blown out by Oregon this weekend. They're going to lose the USC. Like They're going to lose probably four to five games, which is a huge success because they won one game last year. So it's just – I feel like people have lost sight in both directions of what this was supposed to be. Also, like 
the, the the clown show that the local media has put on for Colorado really bothers me. Like, oh yeah, the, the yeah. local news anchors are are begging him to be like, "I love you guys." They 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 might they're gonna squeal like little girls if they if even looks at them in the eyes, like that's what it's like. And <laughs> look, I get it. He's a celebrity. He's a football player. But can we just be a little professional here, a little bit? Like, can we ask? questions normally and 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 not celebrate wins against lowly nebraskas and against colorado state like we're like we're part of the team like we're cheerleaders for the team can we show a little bit of like media integrity i mean look you can be excited you can be excited about your the team that you cover winning like i understand that but can we be professional about it can we not cheer in all caps on Twitter. Like, can we internalize that and be like, man, like I get to cover a really good team. That's awesome for me. But can we not celebrate the team? Like we're a fan, like we're, like we're Travis Hunter's mom or dad celebrating. Like, can we not please just a little bit? All right. Big J Matt's coming out today. That's all I I got. By the way, no no issue with them storming. Uh, It's whatever, man. Like whatever. I, I, if you're a drunk college kid at a school like that, you're storming the field. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like they're not thinking about the national landscape. Yeah, it's just agree. Come on. Uh, a couple stories to wrap things up here with Ivan Rush, Luke. You can also chime in if there's any other college football stories you wanna you wanna mention. FSU sneaks out a win against Boston College, 31-29. Boston College had about a zillion penalties and still managed to have a chance at the end of the game. Uh, number eleven Tennessee upset by unranked Florida, 29-16, and the Syracuse Orange stand up three and zero. Outscoring opponents one forty eight to twenty seven, but somehow Luke, they're not ranked. Probably because they played two fake teams to start the year, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm starting to buy in. That's a right. Bit. They beat Purdue thirty five twenty this past weekend. The other two teams, Colgate and Western Michigan, Syracuse two and zero since I bet on them uh, against Western Michigan. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, it's all me. Love it. Love to see it. Hope you did that. I did. I was. I I only bet legally, Luke. I was in Jersey. I was on the train going to the Rutgers game. What is, that was a horrible game when they played Temple two weeks ago. Oh my god, that was miserable. Big Ten football, baby. Fraud, Big Ten football. All right, back to you. That's all I got. That's the show. That's the show. It's a great show. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back hopefully later in the week to get the picks out. I, I I promise the people I will vocalize my picks this week. That is my Luke Owens promise for the week. I'll be back later on though. Matt Walling. I'm Luke Owens. See you guys next time.